0: This is Strategy Talks with our Business School. In the latest episode of ABS Chat, Dr. Victor Udo, the Director of Sustainability at Bucknell University, discusses his new book, Which Way Nigeria? He also shares insights on leadership and sustainable development. And he's interviewed by Dr. Dayo Abinushawa. It's exciting work that you've done. Um, given the fact that you worked in private private sector, in government, and of course, uh, you're now in education. I think it will be great to learn a bit more about your background, and of course, what inspired you to write
1: the book, Which Way Nigeria? Sure, 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 sure. Thank you very much. Um, I, uh, I, I was born in Kwaibum State, and I grew up there, went to two-year college, the polytechnic, and work for, uh, actually, I went to a technical college, technical college, uh, learned trade, took uh, London City and Geo, uh, worked in the industry, installing electrical infrastructure. Then I went to the polytechnic uh, and study electrical and electronic engineering. From there, I went to work for a small factory then in Aquaibum, where it was cross-vested then, a battery manufacturing plant. And then from there, I left to come to the U.S. Uh, worked in a small college, a four-year college for a year, and study computer science. And then I transferred to Howard. Uh, did electrical engineering at Howard. That would bachelor's and master's level. And, and uh, when I finished that, I got a job. Got introduced into the corporate America. I got a job in New Jersey to work in a power plant, 450 megawatt power plants. I worked there for about two years, and then I started going to school at University of Pennsylvania, which is an Ivy League. I studied for about two years and got a master's degree in energy and environmental policy while working for the same company. And then my company merged with another company in Delaware, and become a bigger company. In the process, I got a few promotions into management, uh, doing uh, performance and business planning. And then I went back to the University of Delaware to do my PhD in uh, urban affairs and public policy, focusing on uh, sustainable development, governance and infrastructure management. And in the process, I uh, got promoted to do uh, risk and uh, enterprise risk management, and then public policy uh, leadership at the, at the company, which had actually merged with another company in. Um, in, in Washington D.C. to become Pepco Holdings. Okay. And in, in 2012, uh, the governor of my state in Nigeria asked me to come back home and help them with the electric power infrastructure. So I was there for five years. I, I focus on the electric in power infrastructure as an assist senior special assistant to the governor, and then the MD of uh, 200% Power Company there, and then the new governor. After my first governor that I went to work with, asked me to help with a comprehensive uh, sustainable development planning, which I did last year, when I decided to come back to the U.S. and I took this job as the director of uh, Campus Sustainability, where I'm focusing on helping the company, the university to be carbon neutral, hopefully by 80, and trying to help us to become a zero waste as diverted most of our waste that goes to, uh, to landfill. Hopefully in mm-hmm. five years we'll see less than 10 percent of our waste going there, including some effort to see how we can convert um, some of the organic waste into energy through the plant that is called digesting. And then also trying to keep the campus ecologically vital with a uh, conservation and preservation and in some cases restoration of you know, some of the areas that, uh, you know, have been over-urbanized, making it a little bit more neutral and natural. And then also helping the university to uh, ensure socially responsible investing. So that's Um. Now, the inspiration to write the book, that's spending seven years in Nigeria and seeing what is happening. You, you just conclude that the structure, the leadership, is not uh, going to take us anywhere from the villages to the wards. At the state level, the governors seem to be too powerful. They they control everything and they're not accountable to anybody. So the structure from the top to the bottom needs to change if we're going to see any kind of uh, sustainable development there. And we also need some good leaders. And the question becomes more like a chicken and egg. Which one comes first, structure or the leadership? Uh, but whatever, whatever, I, I, we got to have transformational leadership and we're going to have a stable structure in Nigeria if we are to move forward. But I believe that the best way to go is through what I call comprehensive, sustainable development planning and implementation. You know, if we can work with the, with the stakeholders, there are several stakeholder groups in Nigeria everywhere. Every state needs to have their comprehensive sustainable development plan that would help towards the 2030 goals of the UN SDGs. And if we do that, the process of that, I think good leadership will emerge. And as as, uh, states begin to uh, develop sustainably, the nearby states will begin to leverage and learn from what is happening. And then you probably will see a new structure emerging Nigeria, we need more than maybe 10, 12 states that are viable and, uh, and uh, have their own uh, competitive advantage. And every state right now have some kind of resources, but they're they lazy. They don't, they don't want They don't want to do what they do because money comes from, uh, free money comes from Abuja. And that free money, the governors just take it and do whatever they, they want to do. So that kind of inspired me to join uh, Sonia Kuzin to ask the question, which way Nigeria? Uh, I, I
0: think that's quite an interesting introduction into um, your own profile and your inspiration for, for the book uh, because it leads into the next question I'm about to ask and this is actually linked to your book. Um, because in the book you do outline quite an interesting framework, right? Um, which states that sustainable development and planning could help address for instance the challenges of leadership and sustainable development. Could you tell us a bit more about that? I know you've mentioned a few things um, in response to the previous
1: question, but could you expand on that? Yeah. Yeah. So so the last the last uh, two two and a half years of my stay in Nigeria, um, I was a senior special assistant to the governor on planning. And there is no was no real structure for planning. So what I decided to do was to reach out to the different bureaucrats. Interestingly, each bureaucracy at the federal state level have what they call uh, PRS, Planning, Research, and Statistics. But nobody to give them direction, nobody to give them focus. And so what I did was bring all those PRS tests uh, together to try to come up with a long term, maybe 50 years. I, I, I tried to look back. What, was the pre, what did the previous, and I think it's a very good case. Study. What did the previous government do? What's the next one do? What's this current one do? And what will the next one do? If we have a framework, a plan like that, that it doesn't matter what party anybody comes from, now you have APC and PDP. If there is an agreed framework, a plan, that everybody knows by 2020, we want to be this. By 2030, we want to be this. By 2050, we want to be this. Everybody's working out towards that. Now, different leaders might have different approaches, but everybody's convinced and agree on the vision they're going, you know, and those vision also include your technology, your social aspects, and your environmental aspect. You know, you will find out that the goals in the SDGs of the United Nations will be accomplished, they will be taken care of. And you make sure that the APIs that you are planning for are some of those targets. And when different governors come in with the resources that they are getting, they continue to build upon them. And that's really what I think we need in Nigeria. If every state have their own comprehensive sustainable development plan, and make their execution transparent, and the citizens do what I call uh, uh, a smart smartphone democracy, democracy, tech make it viral when they're saying they did something that they didn't do. Nigeria will change. And it's really up to us, you know, because these guys are not going to change by themselves. Every governor, local government chairman, they're going in there just for the for the post. But if they come up with a budget and they announce a budget, and people know how much, these things are not secret anymore. We know how much is allocated to each state. What are they doing with it, you know? So that's that's the key thing there is the, you know, the smart smartphone democracy, using it to hold these people accountable. But hold them accountable to what? To the long-term vision of where you want to be, you know? Like at Kwaibom State, we, we had the building blocks to become self-sufficient in electricity, you know? But nothing is happening because nobody holding nobody accountable. And then they will come up with different kinds of excuses that are not really the reason that things are not happening. And then if you if you do that and use the right kind of technology, say for instance, blockchain, where people cannot manipulate information, and you say, This is my budget, this is how I'm allocating it, and everybody's tracking it, Nigeria will change. Corruption will be overcome. And and, and and to me, my passion is really about the younger generation. Because if we keep short and not do anything. Don't do what I call operational citizenship. Be active and 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 push these guys. Hold them accountable. And thank God for for smartphone. Thank God for the social media. Shame do the right thing. They would do. We don't have to. We don't have to have a revolution. We just have to put pressure on this. If a governor say I'm going to do this, you know, and he didn't do it, we got we got technology to. You don't have to wait for NTA anymore. You know, you don't have to wait for the 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 the, the the control media which they can give money and shut them down anymore. That's the masses have to go the system. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what my my framework, comprehensive, sustainable development, planning, and implementation is really about. People, okay. the, the 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 masses, the stakeholders getting involved and getting the right goals and holding the leadership to make sure that they will. Now, when one leader fails, mm. we learn from that. That's how leadership will emerge. And when one state does well, the next state is gonna learn. And before you know what some of those states that have similar resources, similar culture who want to get together, the the Euro, the Euro-based are already getting together. You know, the 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 Hebrews are already getting together. So Nigeria would naturally have a restructure Nigeria without any kind of fight. Because if you depend and you want the Assembly and the Senate to make those laws, they're not going to make it because they like the status. So we use economic means, sustainability means, technology to make the changes. Okay, um, I think it's quite an interesting response you've given.
0: And while you were speaking, I think something that really caught my attention and this links to something you mentioned earlier, um, you mentioned KPIs, you mentioned the importance of the vision and of course leadership. So the question to you, then is that, is it national structure and leadership that would have an impact on sustainable development or would you say it is leadership that has an impact on structure which then influences sustainable
1: development? Well, I I think it's both. And if you hear my argument, you know, the, the, the federal is an aggregation of the states. Right. In the states is the aggregations of the local governments, the local governments, are aggregation of the wards and the local and the villages. Okay? So to me, we know what is going on in Abuja. We have an idea of what is going on in, in the states. Nobody knows what is happening in the local government. So if we can make the, the change in the middle, right, if you change the middle, if the states are run well, the, the resources are only allocated to these states. You know, whether it's a federal ministry doing something, it has to be done somewhere in someone's states or the federal capital. Okay, so so the KPI, KPIs have to be state state centric. I want to have steady power supply in Akwaibo. I want to have steady supply in Oyo state. Let's get steady power supply in Oyo state in Akwaibo, and then Anambra uh, 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 state and uh, uh, Kogi state will say, how did they do it? We want to put it also. You know. So, so so, the right KPIs that, see, that's what happened in a, a true federal system like the US, and I talk about it in the book. The states are the laboratory of experimentation. You don't just say, hey, everything we do here, we're gonna make it happen in the states. No, you test things out. What works in what states works in two states, then you can make it a federal policy. But in Nigeria, they want TCN and Nepal to supply power to everybody, and they cannot supply it to anybody. When you have this kind of uh, generic, policies that you think will be good one-size-fits-all, it fails. But I think the states are really the laboratory where things happen and the things that work in the states you push it to the federal. So get the right key performance indicator because each state has their own unique resources, their unique politics, their unique culture. So get it works in that state and then adopt it in another state and then you can federalize it.
0: Given all indications, you've mentioned which way Nigeria. So if we were to ask you, Dr. Rudeau, which way uh, for you and what are your aspirations for the future, what would you say
1: they are? Well, someone asked me that question and said, 10 years from now, what should be the headline? For me, the headline, would, the good headline would be Nigeria meets or exceeds 80% of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And what's Nigeria? Nigeria is these states, you know. So if these states are able to uh, eliminate hunger or minimize hunger, are able to eliminate or minimize poverty? And interestingly, some of these states will have those lofty goals or lofty manifestos. The governors' manifestos in their in their in their campaigning era. Now we need to hold them accountable for that, you know. Now here, here is the dilemma. Here is the dilemma. The dilemma is: these governors, they have the resources, they have the power, they control almost all the infrastructure, they control everything. So how do you how do you get them to change? You know, smartphone democracy comes in there. You know, everybody can afford the smartphone. Everybody can afford to put something on the social media. when I say everybody, I don't mean hundred percent of the population, but more people. And second thing is, we now have two-party system in Nigeria, which should be encouraged. We have the APC, and then we have the PDP. So if the federal the federal government is with APC, and your state is PDP, at least you have, a, you have a support system. So gone are the days where there was one big, powerful PDP that nobody can say anything, you know. So by which way Nigeria, I see a Nigeria, where there is appropriate structure. When I say a proper structure is devolve power from not only a budget, people talk about devolving power from a budget. but also devolve power from some of the governors because they are actually the most powerful sets of people. They control their legislature, they control their uh, judiciary, they control the bureaucracy. The, the, the governors, even though they are ruling a small subset, they are more powerful than the president because the president doesn't control the legislature as much. You know, even though they, 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 they don't control the whole country as the governors control their whole states. So I would like to see a state situation in Nigeria where younger people are not aspiring to become governors and PAs and counselors. They want to be businessmen. They want to, to, to start businesses because once they have businesses and they don't have to depend on the government, they can say anything they want to say. If the government is not doing what is right, they will be able to tell them they're not doing what is right. So that's the structure I'm talking about. And that's the leadership I'm talking about. When we have that kind of a structure and that kind of a leadership, we're going to have what I call equitable sustainable development, which is the way to go. Equitable sustainable development. Not the sustainable development that is just you know, one-sided. It has to be equitable, which means you have to give and take. You know there are some places. I can take energy as an example. In the north, I have a lot of land, so use use that land to build solar projects. In the south, we have a lot of gas. You know, but if you keep burning gas, you are you are you are not helping the environment. You know, so what do we do to balance? That's what the equity comes in. You also think about the historical equity you know, this side of the environment have been polluted for a very long time. So how do we do to heal it, you know? So that's that's the way forward. Structure, leadership, for equitable, sustainable development.
0: I think it's a perfect response and it leads into my next question. Structure, leadership and equitable development. What role does Dr. Udo play as part of that process?
1: But what I did, I, I, I feel like uh, for the last seven years, I've done my part. If you, if you Google my name, you see I created a, a platform, uh, a media platform, where I try to help the, the younger generation think different. You know? So I was on radio uh, at least twice twice in a, in a week, on TV at least twice or more in a week, you know, trying to help the younger generation think different. That's what I don't. I don't have the resources, for instance, like a governor have. So my main thing was, you know, I've been in the U.S., studied in some of the best schools here being in corporate America. So I decided to go home, and one of the things I really think I did there was to reach out through that. It was called Podium of Leadership. I created a created a program that was called Podium of Leadership to train, let people think differently. So that's one. On the second hand, if I have resources, if I have all the money in the world i hope so. i wouldn't want to use that money to run for governorship i want to use that money to create jobs build industries build factories that people can get employed i was having a conversation with my friend the other day who you know she sends money to send people to school which is a great idea but what happens once they get a degree what mm-hmm. he thinks about that so we have oversupplied, have big educated people and no jobs so we need to create jobs. We need to find a process that when they learn this knowledge, get this knowledge, they come back and become useful members of the society, productive members of the society. So we've got to create industries. We've got to create jobs. We've got to create opportunities. Look at what India is doing. In in the UK, like here in the U.S., chances that you make a phone call, customer service for a technology problem, someone in India is answering it. Why can't we do that in Nigeria? Why can governors and ministers be taking their money or stealing the money to put it in a Swiss bank account when they can use that to train people to create jobs? So for me, if I had the resources, I would create jobs. For the knowledge that I have, I think I've done my best to share it in a book that I've written. I'm writing another one now on power sector. Which is one of the things that people have been complaining about, and and also I did the radio program. The website is there, the program of leadership. If you Google it, you see some of the recordings, the podcasts that we did there. So that's my little contribution.
0: Mm, uh, fantastic stuff. So the last question to you is, uh, what would you like our listeners to remember? Right, given your experience, you know across. Various countries and, of course, um, on different continents. Um, what would you like us to take away, particularly on the subject of leadership and sustainable development?
1: Yeah, what people get to get involved. My emphasis on the book is the notion of operational citizenship. Get involved. You have smartphone, you know, in your hand. Take pictures of what people are doing wrong. Let's shame them. To do the right thing. So get involved. That's what my professor taught me about operational citizenship. You know, people do gravities, people do all kinds of stuff. You don't have, you don't have to do those. You can use your smartphone to do your democracy. Get involved and get us sustainable.
0: Wow. I think deep words. Um, it was a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you very much, Dr. Aruda. to present yourself to join us again and um, thank you. You're welcome, my pleasure.